Welcome to Aston Means Business, SMEs Adapting to COVID-19 Challenges. I'm Steve Dyson, the journalist presenting this regular podcast for Aston Business School. We're interviewing small business leaders who've been involved in Aston Centre for Growth's projects, giving them a voice to discuss their challenges, share their experiences and explain how they're coping with the pandemic. We're also talking to a range of experts, either working for or with links to Aston Business School getting their valuable insights, analysis and advice for SMEs. In today's episode, we're going to find out how one Midlands SME called Composite Braiding secured funding from a range of angel investors just prior to COVID-19. And we'll explore how these new relationships have helped the business to successfully navigate the crisis. We're also going to talk to Liz McKenzie. She's one of the angel investors involved with the Composite Braiding after meeting the business via an angel investor group called Minerva Birmingham that meets Aston Business School. Liz is with me now to listen to our interview with the boss of Composite Braiding. Hello to you, Liz. Hi, Steve. Please bear with us as all recordings are carried out remotely online to make sure we conform to the government's latest guidelines. Joining me online now is Steve Barber. He's the founder and managing director of Derby-based Composite Braiding. Hello to you, Steve. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, Steve, tell, tell us a bit more about yourself, your business background, and, and then about Composite Braiding, um, when and why you founded it and what it does. Okay, so um, I spent 19 years in, in Rolls-Royce. Um, my last two jobs were customer business director and, and head of marketing. Uh, and then I had an opportunity to move into the composite sector um, and ended up running some composite manufacturing operations. Um, I then, uh, through circumstance, uh, ended up then doing four business turnarounds on composite manufacturing businesses. And in the last one, saw the opportunity to uh, fill a market gap for high volume, lower cost, lightweight uh, structural components and set up composite braiding to, uh, to fill that market need. Yes, and I think you've almost um, explained what composite braiding does there in your answer, Steve. But just to make sure that our listeners have got it, um, what is it that you are producing and what's it used for? OK, so, so basically the market need is to have lightweight parts. So the lighter things are, then the less carbon you use, the less energy, uh, the lower the emissions. And the sort of materials we use, like carbon fibre, glass fibre, that sort of thing, they make very, very strong, lightweight parts that can replace steel, for example. And so they really help to drive the need for lower emissions, better sustainable parts. And that's really the, the market that we're helping to, to, to hit. I understand. And, and again, to help our listeners picture your business, how many staff do you currently have and what's the turnover? And importantly, what plans do you have for the future? So currently we're based uh, at an innovation hub in Derby. Uh, we've got a couple of workshops here, six people um, on the payroll. And uh, we're turning over around about a quarter of a million. Um, but importantly, we've been doing lots of technology development and proving what it is we can do. So we're actually looking to at least double the size of the business over the next couple of years and, frankly, scale it much, much greater than that over the coming years. Now, with that in mind, Steve, I understand that last year you started to seek investment for your expansion plans. And 
I'm interested in knowing what took you down the angel investor route, and, and, and especially how did the Minerva pitch-up event hosted by Aston Centre for Growth help? Well, essentially, I knew that we were going to be going into growth, so I needed to look for forms of capital. Um, and with an early stage company, normal traditional bank lending, for example, isn't really open to us. So I explored the various different routes that, that are open to earlier stage companies, and there's a variety of them. Um, but really, angel financing is, is undoubtedly one of the most appropriate, certainly for a company of our sort of technology size and age. Uh, because there's still an element of risk in there. You're dealing with uh, investors who are, frankly, quite savvy about investing in a variety of types of businesses um, and who are willing to take an amount of risk. Clearly, they're looking for return, um, and that's important. So am I. That's why I set up the business. But equally, um, it's all about really trying to get a new business off the ground, and, and angels have the sort of mindset that allows us to to be able to, to work together in, in, a, in a slightly uh, riskier backdrop. In terms of the Minerva side of things, um, I, I was looking around for the, the funding, saw the um, pitch fest and applied to that. Uh, and that really gave us the ability then to be able to access uh, the angels, to be able to pitch to them. Um, that's a completely new skill that I had to learn and Minerva helped with that as well. Uh, and it gave us the ability then to start the conversation and actually find some like-minded people who understood fundamentally what we were trying to do and really were willing to help us along the way to realize the potential of the business. It's quite difficult for young companies to find investors. You're not known very well. Um, you don't have a market presence yet. Um, and really, you've got to find some people who can see beyond the, the, the where you are at that particular point uh, and see where the potential is of that business for the future. And that's where uh, people like angels really come in into their own because they have experience of investing in early stage companies and, and really providing uh, the, the support that, that we need. Now, one of your investors uh, was Liz McKenzie, and we're talking to her later. Uh, but apart from the funding, what did Liz bring to the party herself? So in terms of Liz, she's a very experienced businesswoman. Uh, she's well connected. She has a lot of experience in a wide variety of, of, of aspects of business, uh, both in terms of directly some of the markets that she's dealt with before. She's worked at a major automotive OEM, for example. But she's also worked with a lot of early stage companies and uh, really is adds a, an additional depth to, uh, to, the, to the business, as do a number of the angels. They've got different backgrounds, different experiences, and really that all adds to the rich tapestry of, uh, of composite braiding. Angel investors obviously take a shareholding in return for their funds. So just again, so we can picture the company, who owns what now at Composite Braiding? Okay, so the way that basically works is we agree a valuation. Um, the angels in this particular case agree to put in a certain amount of money. And depending how much money they're putting in against the evaluation, they then get a percentage of the business. So uh, it's important, obviously, that they can get a return from their money uh, with the success of the business, and that's fantastic and, and, and obviously something that we want to do. But at the same time, they don't take such a huge position that the founders then find themselves 
uh, being essentially squeezed out of the business. I, I still own over 50% of, of the business, for example. So um, it really does work for all of us. Uh, that the, the investors get a chance to get a return on their money, uh, but equally as a founder, I'm still in a position whereby uh, the risk that I've taken can still be rewarded uh, with the success of the business in the future. I, I get it. So it, it makes sense. Now, obviously, this year, the, the whole world, not just the business world in Britain, but the whole world has been hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. How, how did that affect business to start with? Well, it was, yeah, we, we, we were as dazed as anybody else, I think, at the time. So within the first week of, of lockdown, uh, the whole of the premises had been shut down. Uh, we had to furlough our uh, braiding technician. Um, and we frankly weren't sure in terms of the engineering staff and myself whether we were going to furlough or, or what exactly. As it turned out, uh, we actually had a lot of conversations with end customers and were incredibly busy putting together new proposals. Uh, and they were both commercial ones. And actually, we put, also put together just one uh, a new bit of R&D funding. Um, so it, it turned out actually to be an incredibly busy period for us. And whilst clearly, like everyone else, we were somewhat worried, um, it's turned out that uh, we're coming out of it pretty strongly. But that's really good news. And, and during that period of uncertainty and as you worked through things, how, how helpful was Liz and your other angel investors? Uh, in short, they were brilliant. In essence, nobody knew what was happening. Nobody knew what was going to happen. All we did was set out a status. We put together a three, eight, and 12-week plan for lockdown. It could have gone on a lot longer. We didn't know. Um, we communicated with the angels. Uh, and basically, the feedback we got was, yeah, keep going. You're doing a great job. We're here to support you. Um, and if there's any help and guidance, et cetera, then we're more than happy to be part of that. So it was, they were brilliant um, and just the sort of investors that, that we needed for the business. The kind of support you had from your angel investors sounds different to the type of support you might have got if it was if it was a traditional bank loan. Yes, it is totally. I mean, when I was looking around for different forms of finance, we were actually offered some non-angel finance uh, from another quarter, uh, and it was for quite a lot of money. Um, actually, more than the angels actually ended up putting up in the end. Uh, however, uh, the strings attached to it were far more stringent. Um, there was far less flexibility, and it was more, I would say, uh, finance industry-based as opposed to trying to really help this business develop into what it could be. And so, really, I would say the angel financing for our type of business at our stage is absolutely the right type of financing. Um, and some of the other elements or some of the other types of financing that I went and, and had a look at, had long conversations about, and was offered, uh, really weren't right for this stage of business. So I, I would say the angel financing has been a very good experience for us. Now, despite the lockdown turmoil, Steve, and composite braiding, as you mentioned, still plans to double in size in the next couple of years, helped by that supportive um, attitude from your angel investors. How have you managed to maintain your vision during such an uncertain time? And, and what are your top tips for other SMEs who might need investment? getting some clarity about the current situation, having some plans in place, uh, really thinking through uh, what it meant to us as a business. Uh, clearly, we didn't know at the start of lockdown exactly what was going to have 
what was going to happen to us, what was going to happen to our markets, to our customers, to our suppliers. So I was talking to all of those in that period. Uh, cash flow management, absolutely crucial. Um, companies, as everyone will be aware, uh, basically fall apart if they don't have enough cash. Uh, so managing cash became the absolute crucial part. So I was minimizing spend. I was still paying my suppliers, I have to say, on time. Uh, because effectively we were trying to do the right thing. Um, and we were finding that generally was, was the case in our supply chain. But uh, it really came down to um, there was a certain amount of serendipity, I have to say. Um, we were fortunate that I'd recognized last year that we needed to have extra funding, and that funding round had been closed before lockdown. Uh, so that really did help. But at the same time, business fundamentals, look after your cash, talk to your customers, talk to your supply chain, and really make sure there's good, clear communication and you're being honest with everyone. And, and those really gave a, a recipe for, for, for what we, how we've always operated, but certainly were, were paramount within this. And then crucially as well, talking to my workforce, particularly with anyone that was furloughed. Um, they're not allowed to do any work, but they, you certainly can keep them updated with how business is going and, and, and reassure them. So uh, yeah, it's 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 been a, a tough time for everybody, uh, but equally I think we are coming out of it strongly. I really would recommend anybody to have a look at, at angel funding. Um, I think really for me, I'm, I'm a pretty experienced business person before I set up this business. However, I didn't have experience of early stage funding, not as early stage as, as we had with this business. Um, so I had to go and actually learn how to speak angel. Um, it's, it, it might sound a bit daft, but actually they're a different group of people. They're very intelligent, very capable, but it's not a group of people that I was used to talking with and communicating with. Most, a number of aspects of what they look for are pretty obvious. Actually, there are some aspects of it that are less obvious. And I would very much encourage people to do, as we did, for example, with Minerva, go and get some training, go and get some ideas about actually what an angel is, what they're looking for, and see whether you can actually then match up with whatever your business is trying to do with what they're likely to be looking for. Do those things, and, and you've got a good chance of, of helping to secure some, some good finance, but importantly, also get some additional horsepower within your uh, business with having some very good, capable people who can also help you develop and, and, and help you deal with any issues you may have. That's great advice, Steve. That's uh, Steve Barber there, the founder and managing director of Composite Braiding. Steve, many thanks for joining us and best wishes to you and the company as you continue your expansion. Well, thank you very much, Steve. Appreciate uh, the time. Listening to that interview with Steve Barber was Liz McKenzie. Uh, she's one of the angel investors who's helping to fund Composite Braiding's expansion. Uh, hi again, Liz. Are you still there? I'm still here, Steve. Nice to talk to you again now. Great. Liz, before we get into the specifics of angel investors and your business relationship with entrepreneurs like Steve Barber, can you give us a quick summary of who you are, uh, your background in the business world and what you do now? Yeah, sure. So uh, back in the midst of time, I trained as a production engineer. Then I spent quite a few years at Toyota making cars in Derbyshire before I did a complete change and moved into financial services in Birmingham. These days, I'm a non-exec director for a number of organizations, and I spend some of my time also as an angel investor. That's great. And I understand that you're also vice chair of the West Midlands Growth Company, which is quite a high-profile position. 
Uh, I am, yes, yes. It's a, a great organisation to work with. I, I enjoy it very much and hopefully we're making a difference in the region. That's great. And Liz, uh, what exactly are angel investors and what do they offer to early stage SMEs? I mean, we all know the format of TV series like Dragon's Den, but angels aren't necessarily multimillionaires looking for high profile investments to make more money, are they? <laughs> no, Peter Jones actually isn't a Minerva member at the moment. He can come and join if he wants, I dare say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, angel investors are a really wide group of people. They've really only got three things in common, I think. Um, we've all got a tolerance for pretty high financial risk. We like the entrepreneurial world and we're lucky enough to have a bit of money. Um, after that, we're really varied, um, as are our investments, so from a couple of thousand up to some pretty big, big numbers and everywhere in between. Uh, as Steve said earlier, basically angel investors primarily swap investment for shares to gain a future return. It is a long-term investment, they call it patient capital, um, as it is years before you can expect to get that return. So some angels use their experience and get involved in the businesses to help bring about the success that both the founders and the angel investors hope for. And what was it, uh, Liz, about composite braiding that attracted you to invest? So I generally look at the credibility of the founder first and then at the product. So I met Steve at the first round of the Minerva Pitch Up event that Aston ran last year, where I was on the panel that Steve first pitched to. And I found him to be really switched on. He knew his numbers, he was realistic, and he had a kind of a determined glint in his eye. Um, so he kind of passed my, okay, I'll listen to you test. Um, so then I, I had a look at the product. So as I mentioned, I, I spent a long time at Toyota and I was pretty involved in new model development and also in the supply chain. So I know the value of low weight, high strength products, both dynamically and environmentally. And there are quite a few of those around. I've seen a number of pitches in that rough space. But the, the difference with composite braiding was Steve really evidenced the feasibility of the relatively low cost of manufacturing and the ability to quickly scale it. So uh, I was sold on him, really. No, it sounds like a, a, an obvious attraction. I can see that. Now, COVID-19, of course, has been a shock to the entire business world. And yet, listening to Steve Barber, it sounds like composite braiding has managed the crisis quite well and is on track indeed to double in size in the next couple of years. Uh, do you agree with the path he's on at the moment? And, and if so, how has Steve and his team managed that? And, and how have angel investors like yourself been able to help? Yes, yeah, Steve's done a great job in managing through the COVID situation. He was really quick to react. As he said earlier, um, he understood quickly what was happening with his supplier base and his customer base. And he made a plan to conserve cash, which is obviously really important. But the main thing was he never stopped the critical path for engineering. So he continued throughout to develop products and talk with actual and potential customers. Hence the, the future um, potential that he's, he's come out of the other side with. In terms of angels investor support. So in Minerva, we usually have a lead angel for each company we invest in. That means we basically try not to overwhelm the founder with lots of different directions and communications and so on. Mm. In the case of composite braiding, David is our lead. 
and he's been in regular contact with Steve. He's joined the board meeting throughout to add our support and pulled the rest of us in as and when we could be useful. I think Steve would agree that David's been a big support and the rest of us have lent a hand um, here and there with space and planning and strategic questions and comments and so on. That sounds really important. And, and, and just for our listeners' sake, um, David is, is who and his surname and where he's from? So David Meller. Um, David's a bit like me. He does lots of different things. <laughs> okay. So um, he, yeah, he's, uh, he does a bit of non-investing, a bit of consulting and a, a bit of angel investing. But again, he's experienced in the business world. Very much so, yes. Uh, and uh, particularly in, in the tech world and in financial services, actually, his background. I understand. And now there must be thousands of SMEs out there, Liz, who need funding to grow. And, and many may well be considering angel investors as a potential route to take. And what advice do you have for them? What do they need to have in place and be ready for if they want to successfully attract an angel investor like yourself? Yeah, and there are lots of angel investors out there looking to invest. Um, so That's there good. are a number of things. Yes, yes, it is. There are a number of things to think about to get ready. Um, numbers are the most obvious one. So you must know your numbers. They need to be accurate and really importantly, realistic. Uh, secondly, evidence that there's a place in the market for your product. Again, you know, realism, everyone has competitors. So be clear about what your proposition actually really delivers that's differentiating. We are there to make a return. So a believable exit plan and time scale. But lastly, your founder story is really very important. You know, help us to understand why you're the person that we can believe in to make it happen. We are basically an optimistic bunch. We want founders to succeed. So show yourself to us. First and foremost, we buy into you. Well, that's some really good advice. Liz McKenzie, uh, angel investor. Many thanks for joining Aston Means Business today. Thank you, Sue. It's been a pleasure. And thanks also to Steve Barber, the Managing Director of Composite Braiding. Hopefully what both Liz and Steve had to say about angel investors will now help leaders of SMEs who might be considering business funding options to know what it's all about. We'll be back in the next few days with more case studies of how businesses are adapting to COVID-19 challenges, along with more crucial analysis and advice from academics and experts here at Aston. Aston means business. SMEs adapting to COVID-19 challenges. Thanks for listening.